You are listening to On Human Rights. We are broadcasting from the Rolf Wallenberg Institute in Lund, Sweden. My name is Linnea Kigren. Today we're speaking with Lisa Laskeridis. Lisa holds a master's degree in international relations and political science from the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, Australia. She moved to New York in 2010 while undertaking a work placement to the United Nations Department of Public Information. Lisa is now the Public Information Officer at the United Nations and Head of Communications for UN75. The United Nations was founded in 1945 to support collective action to realize peace, development and human rights for all. The UN75 initiative seeks to spark dialogue and action on how we can build a better world despite the many challenges we face. Welcome Lisa, it's very nice of you to join us today. You are the head of communications for UN75. Would you like to elaborate about the name UN75? And what would you say is the aim of the initiative? Thank you. Uh, it is such a pleasure to be here. Um, and yes, of course, I'd be happy to. So UN75, uh, the UN is turning 75 this year at a time of great challenge, including one of the worst global health crises in its history. We are tackling uh, many issues such as climate crisis, um, inequality, migration and displacement, of course, new forms of violence, the rapid changes in demography and technology, and all of this require cooperation across borders, sectors and generations, and um, a multilateral system that is effective, inclusive and accountable to the public. And COVID-19 has reminded us in the most powerful way that we are closely interconnected and only as strong as our weakest link. And only by working together and in solidarity can we end the pandemic and effectively tackle its consequences. And that is why rather than having a traditional celebration uh, of UN75, the Secretary General has launched the world's largest and most inclusive conversation on our future. So we are scaling up our efforts to give voice to the global public and to give people the opportunity to shape UN's priorities. The aim is to bring people closer together and closer to the UN. The aim is to generate renewed support for international cooperation while seeking to make uh, global decision-making and governance more inclusive and accountable. And the aim is to listen. The UN wants to know what people's hopes, fears and priorities for the future are so that we can better serve them and future generations. So we are, we are inviting people everywhere to imagine the future they want and to contribute ideas on how to make it a reality so we can build a better and more sustainable world for all. It's about shaping our future together and we believe in the power of people coming together to solve problems and we want to ensure that the world builds back better and that we achieve the sustainable development goals which we only have uh, 10 years uh, to achieve the decade of action. And this is the largest exercise uh, mounted by the UN to gather public opinion and crowdsource solutions. 
And we are doing this mainly through a one-minute survey that's available at un75.online. And it is available in 60 plus languages um, at this stage. And we're also gathering data through online dialogues, uh, opinion polling in 50 countries, and AI analysis of traditional and social media in 70 countries. And I think, um, I think we all agree that this is a, a global conversation that is of criti critical importance today. Um, and in, it is also an initiative that speaks to a more uh, inclusive approach by the UN. And anniversaries should perhaps not always be about celebrating the past, but about looking ahead. So I would say this is a moment of um, reflection and of listening of coming together um, as a human family to discuss how we can overcome the big trends shaping our future. To summarize, we are asking everyone everywhere to have their say, to make their voice heard. We are asking, what is it that you are concerned about? What is it that you really believe needs to be solved? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your fears? And how do you see the UN being part of the solution? And in September at the General Assembly, we want to be able to say, we have spoken to the people of the world and this is what they want and this is how we're going to address. Wow, that's very impressing. Um, and as you say, these are very special times and it feels more important now than ever uh, to listen to the world's opinion uh, on what the United Nations should focus on. And as you say also, or, or as we have seen, um, there has been several violations to human rights by states uh, during this time of the pandemic. But do you think there's a special human rights issue that will be in focus during the UN 75 dialogue? And uh, why would you say that? Well, well, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, UN 75 is, like I said, it's about our future and our livelihoods and our freedoms and our security and our, our environment and human rights lies at the heart of all of those areas and issues. And of course, the three pillars of the UN, you know, peace and security, development and human rights, they are all equally important, but they're also interrelated and interdependent. So human rights issues are definitely in focus uh, in this global conversation, from uh, discussing the accelerating climate crisis to the fight against inequality, to the right to participate in defining policies, the right to access to education, the right to economic opportunities, uh, the right to live free from discrimination, the right to a decent standard of living, of course, the right to access to healthcare, something that, of course, has become even more in focus and even more discussed and even more on the agenda and on people's minds this year uh, and in the past few months. And I think um, raising our voices is essential to the creation of a future of peace and sustainable development. And, you know, in these past years, we have seen tremendous activism and notably by, by young people, their voices are the living expression of human rights. And UN75 is providing an arena for these voices to speak up and, and equally important, I would say, to be heard. 
And policymakers everywhere need to need to listen to these calls. And in response, uh, they need to shape more effective and more principled policies. Yes, the active engagement of citizens is central to, to achieving, I think, inclusive and stable societies. And we really want to empower people to be able to stand up for equal rights and fair treatment. Uh, and we need to ensure that everyone have the right to participate uh, in decision-making in our future and to have their voices heard. You mentioned also that there's focus on rights as education, discrimination, uh, right to healthcare. Do you think there's like one specific human rights issue that would receive more attention during the dialogue? And uh, do you see anything like any theme or any result already now of the survey? Yes. So looking at the, the current data that we have right now, halfway in, I mean, we have data from over 300,000 people in all the 193 member states and observer states and from more than 1,000 dialogues all over the world. We see the top five future priorities that has emerged are environmental protection, protection of human rights, less conflict, equal access to basic services and zero discrimination. People globally are speaking out for the right to a healthy environment. The majority of people around the world think that climate change will be the defining trend shaping our future uh, with more than double the response of any other issue. Conflict and violence then came second and health risks third, having risen you know, sharply since early March. And the majority also believes that access to healthcare is the top priority for recovering better from this pandemic, followed by uh, greater solidarity between people and nations and rethinking the people of me. And also the majority across all regions and all age groups and all social groups believes in global cooperation and that working together is the only way we can secure a future. Of course, the data shifts you know, slightly depending on the region and the country and also uh, on the status of the individual. But in the end, mostly people want the same thing. Uh, you know, they want to have rights and they want to have a future of peace and justice and equal rights and opportunities. Very interesting. It's interesting to know like which levels people like focus on the different rights. And it's to say climate change, conflict, health risks, and also the access to healthcare. So it feels the UN has a central role in rebuilding the society when uh, the pandemic is over. I hope so. You have said also before that um, UN75 seeks to drive a conversation in all segments of society, uh, all the way from classrooms to boardrooms, parliaments to village halls. How will you do to achieve that? Why is it important to involve everybody in this dialogue? Every single voice matters. One voice, one idea can have an impact. And collectively, these voices have power. There is power as people march across the world for their rights, for justice and climate action. There's power in people coming together to call for a better future for all. And the more voices, the more authority and the more impact our results will have. And we have placed a particular emphasis on engaging those whose voices are not 
adequately heard by the UN and to ensure inclusion of otherwise uh, marginalized groups and those whose views are not often sought. Because, I mean, COVID-19 has exposed the underlying weaknesses and entrenched inequalities in, in all of our systems, right? The disadvantaged, the discriminated, the poor, the marginalized, um, as ever, they have been hit the hardest. It is they who will feel the impact for much longer. So it is absolutely vital that we listen to them. And that is what UN75 is about. Our mission is even more important because we have a chance to give people from all walks of life a say in the decisions that are taken now and to ensure that these decisions put us on the right track to a better future. And how, how are we doing this? How are we engaging the whole world and how are we reaching out? We are working with uh, many thousand partners to gain reach and impact across the globe and also across you know, sectors and, and generations and at all levels of society. We are working closely with uh, member states and governments. We are working closely with the whole human system, including all the country offices, the regional, international institutions, civil society, of course, youth networks, schools, universities, private sector. We are working with partners in sports, uh, technology, gaming, fashion, arts, and music. Every effort will be made to capture as many voices as possible and with you know, specific strategies developed for different stakeholders and civil society organizations and institutions like Raoul Wallenberg Institute are key to ensure that we reach voices that are traditionally unrepresented. Given, uh, I mean, given the scale of this uh, ambitious initiative and also the time in which it needs to be achieved, we only have a year. Um, we included um, a business-to-business -business approach, uh, choosing partners to have maximum distribution and impact capabilities and partners with diverse and inclusive reach. And we are, you know, we are not the world's largest social platform and we are not a huge mobile network, but we can bring in those partners like Google and Facebook and Vodafone to help us reach out. And it is also crucial that we reach uh, the offline voices of less privileged populations in order to have representative findings and to that end, uh, we have made dedicated efforts uh, to reach marginalized voices through two different ways. Uh, one is an offline app that is being used by UN offices and agencies and civil society partners in remote areas at the country level to make sure their voices are heard. Uh, we're also using, uh, working with mobile providers and doing uh, some SMS outreach and also doing some surveys by phone to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to, to have their say. We are, of course, a very proud partner of uh, the UN75, <laughs> as you say. And we, uh, we encourage everybody uh, after this podcast, of course, to do the survey because as you said before, Lisa, every voice matters. We want to know what's important for you and we want to be a part of the journey to fill these important issues also. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much. But you also mentioned um, youth a lot um, and then you want to reach, to reach out to the youth and the marginalized. So why do you think it's, if we focus just on the youth, why do you think it's so important to uh, involve 
young people also in this conversation? I think for too long, uh, the voices of youth have been sidelined uh, in discussions about their future. And I think that this has to change now through meaningful engagement with youth and to have value also. I mean, these, this conversation, this global conversation must be future oriented. And young people are, I mean, they need to be the key drivers uh, of this dialogue. As the Secretary General uh, said, young people must be able to participate in the decisions that affect their lives. And we need to create an enabling environment for young people where they are not seen as subjects to be protected, but as full members of our societies. Young people are powerful agents for change. And we see, I mean, through this initiative and throughout this year, we see young people in all corners of the world, uh, in all settings, taking part, organizing online dialogues, sparking engagement in their communities. Uh, they really want to be part of this conversation. They have brilliant things to say, they have big ideas, and there is a lot of hope, and there's a lot of will, and there's a lot of energy. It's very inspiring to be a part of all of this and to see. People's voices are very powerful also. We can see in Greta Thunberg, but also like all, everything has happened around the world with Black Lives Matter and climate change. It feels like they can really make a difference also with their voices. Absolutely. Uh, we also, of course, when we have finally gathered all of these opinions from all the different segments of society, from the UN 75 survey, what will happen then? Like, what will happen with the data? What will be the actions, the outcomes of these findings? Well, the results, um, the results will be presented to world leaders on September 21st, when the international community will set out a vision for the future at the official commemoration of the UN's 75th anniversary. The results will be presented by the Secretary General. This high-level meeting, I mean, this is a milestone for UN75 and, and the initiative. However, I would say September will not be, you know, an endpoint, but rather the launch pad for further uh, discussion and action on the ideas uh, generated including through the new partnerships that were built uh, during this year. The aim is for this data to shift national, international policies and debates and to strengthen uh, the hand of policymakers and advocates. And by building the first ever global uh, repository of crowdsourced solutions to major challenges and, and also diverse sustainable partnerships to take them forward. And an outcome uh, I think it's also to have fostered a greater sense of global citizenship and to have empowered a critical mass of stakeholders to act on global issues and also to have positioned the UN uh, as a listening organization and as an organization that amplifies the voices of citizens and also supports them by creating opportunities for them to engage decision makers. So it is, it is really essential that everyone takes this opportunity to, to have their voice heard. And if I may, before we wrap up, um, I really want to take this opportunity 
again to call on all people in all sectors and society and to call on you that is listening to to really take this opportunity to voice your opinion to put your ideas and solutions on the table for discussion and debate so that we together can craft the brave and meaningful policy solutions required to address our shared challenges because we we cannot afford to leave anyone behind and now is the time to lift everyone up to change course and to put ourselves on track to a more equal and a more resilient and a more sustainable future we are so happy to be a part of this and we really hope that you We'll get so many answers in the survey and that we can take action on all these, uh, on this data, which will be very important for us also in our work in the future. I want to thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us today and for all your work with UN75. And we really look forward to see the results of this survey and to see the future work of the findings. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me and for listening and for being uh, an amazing partner to us in this initiative. Thank you so much. Everybody, don't forget to do the survey. You can find it here also in the description. So do it right after this podcast and share with your friends and everybody who think to do this. Harold Wallenberg Institute is a proud partner of the UN75. We encourage everyone who listened to this podcast to fill out the survey and to share on social media with hashtag I had my say and hashtag UN75. You can find the link in the description of the podcast episode and on our website and on the UN75 webpage. Thank you for listening.